Good day there. I hope February's treating you well so far and you're enjoying our countdown to the new season with 30 days of Beyond the Grid. We're going down under on day 11 to hear from nine-time Grand Prix winner Mark Webber. The Australian had a really impressive career in Formula One and was perhaps unlucky not to win more races and maybe even a world title. He was probably in the right place at the wrong time, having been teammates with an unstoppable Sebastian Vettel at Red Bull when the German won four championships in a row. It's been just over 10 years since Mark left Formula One, and it's really interesting to hear how he's changed in the last decade. I feel like a... Um actually a pretty different person to when I was the competitor I was like I'm really it's, I do see it nearly in, in sort of two halves um, how have you changed much more relaxed much more um, I suppose open and just uh, I want to use a better word than selfish but in terms of just I mean yeah, driven and all those things which I've still got traits of those no question about it but in terms of when I was racing I believe that I was on this one way journey to maximise my potential and get everything I could out of myself. I'd come a long way from Australia. Um, I'd invested so much of my, the level of talent that I had, I suppose, and, and the graft and the currents that I put towards myself at, at, at getting better. And the people around me as well had been sensational from my immediate family through to Anne. So you sort of feel that um, it is absolutely now or never often in car racing and especially as it's a big individual sport so I felt that that was pivotal for me to do that because there were sections of my profession that didn't come natural to me like being fast sometimes like I was reasonably what do you fast mean? I was fast but I just like when you get to the the last few guys obviously when we're talking about Seb and Lewis and Fernando and Michael and you know JB and like I was so so happy to have hung out with that generation of drivers because they took me to a a point that I probably never would have went to myself. So to close all that off, um, I was not the best multitasker. So socially and sort of having the brackets of actually, you know, having good nights out and rah, rah, I was actually very narrow when I was competing because I just saw it as I wanted to race as long as I possibly could because I love that. I loved the competition. I was a competitor. I loved competing. I actually was. And I wanted to have that for as long as I could. And I wanted to stop when I felt that I was driving at, at, a, at a, still at a good level, but didn't want to be like an old boxer that felt like, oh, here we go, and we're going to go back down through the grid, which I did on the way up. I don't want to do that on the way back down. My last Grand Prix, I finished on the podium with Fernando and Sebastian for the fast lap of the race in Brazil. And that was a, a really nice way to finish my Grand Prix career. Decent sports car racing, um, which I loved from a team component-wise. And then you're now in this absolutely second chapter of, let's say in the English way, of, of one's life, Tom, of one's life, <laughs> second chapter. You were an intense racing driver. Fair, fair yeah, comment? absolutely, yeah. which I've just said pretty much. Yeah. I was and do you think you would, if you'd been less intense, you might have been a better racing driver? Uh, da -da 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 -da. Did you try and force the door open sometimes when it just didn't want to open? And Yeah, I think that... Um, Probably my, one of my biggest weaknesses was I was intense, but uh, and that's right. That is a really good word for me, I suppose. But in terms of I was also, I believed I could do the job. I did believe I could do a, a very, very, very good job. And sometimes, and it's a horrible word in motorsport and a horrible word in most professional sports, but if the old she'll be right mentality, like certain she'll be rights, like I will get, there were certain briefings or certain things, it's like 
Should I prep a bit more on that? Should I do a bit more prep on that? No, I'll cover that off tomorrow. I'll be fine. And that's the little chink, I suppose, where if I had my time again, there was things which I thought was overbearing or more overbearing that I, that I just built up more tension than was probably needed to be there. And, and I think because I just wanted the space, I wanted to drive. And you can't have that. It's like that's the profession, you know. And I tell that to young guys now, and I tell them exactly this. And you know, this is this is a profession. You know, it's just part of it. What was really funny was after the Korean Grand Prix in 13, I think the car caught fire again, and um, all the drivers were on a jet, which I'd organised, which was a great trip across from Korea to Japan, and we went out on the, we had a massive night on the Sunday night, massive. Who? Really when big. you say all oh, the drivers? Mate, it was, it was 70% of the grid, Right. 70% of the grid were there, massive night. And we were all dusty on Monday, to say the least, we were Monday off, we decided there was a so back down to there was there was probably about six or seven of them again on Tuesday night we went again. This is my last year in F1. You knew at this point that yeah. you were quitting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the announcement was out. But talking about your intense scenario, so I had two massive benders, and I qualified on pole to Suzuka on Saturday. Like, <laughs> and I said to myself, maybe I did miss the sweet spot here. Of course, you know that was borderline James Hunt sort of spec. But in terms of the alcohol we consumed, you know, we had a real big crack at that, that week. And I'm like, okay, maybe I could have been a bit less intense, but it was hard, yeah, to, to not be. Uh, because that's, you know, call it, I don't know, is it a chip on the shoulder? Is it something, you know, the Australians, or we've come that far? I don't know, mate. I just feel that there's so much at stake and you feel that you, you can get bogged down in, in not letting any chance, really. And that's why the intensity comes across. It must have been difficult for Mark not to be intense, particularly during his years at Red Bull. A few controversies with Vettel, including their crash at the 2010 Turkish Grand Prix and the infamous Multi-21 saga at Malaysia in 2013 really strained their relationship. And watching Seb dominate in the same car can't have been easy. But Mark was an incredibly talented driver and left absolutely everything on track whenever he raced. And tomorrow, it's the turn of another legend from the Red Bull family. So I'll speak to you on day 12. Formula One is the greatest sport in the world. But there can be a lot to understand. Don't worry, we're here to help. I'm Katie Osborne. This is Christian Hugill. And welcome to F1 Explains. This is the official F1 podcast about how the sport really works. The drivers, the cars, the rules, the words, the risk takers, late breakers and history makers that amaze and inspire us every race weekend. Hit like, follow or subscribe for new episodes every Friday as we answer your questions about F1 with the help of some very special guests. Oscar Piastri, welcome for your debut on F1 Explains. Thank you, thanks for having me. Double World Champion Mika Hakkinen, welcome to F1 Explains. The ticket, Mika, what, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? And by your side, a woman whose race strategy once made Sergio Perez cry. 
it's important for me to say tears of joy. Welcome back, Bernie Collins. Thank you so much. You've just not heard the crying ones from losing the race. <laughs> Susie Wolf joining us here on F1 Explains. What a joy to have you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me, Christian Hugill and Katie Osborne on the stage is Formula One legend David Coulthard. We'll be here across the 2024 season with current drivers and legends of the sport. Plus, insights and explanations from people you don't usually get to hear from, the unseen experts who are essential to Formula One. We need your question to put to our experts. Are you F1 Explains? <laughs> we are. I love your podcast. I love F1 Explains. <laughs> Christian Ufio. Oh my God. And Katie Osborne. Record it as a voice note on your phone, or you can write it in an email and send it to F1Explains at F1.com. Just search for F1Explains wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>